Hey, this is Season 1, Episode 9 of the Faith and Coffee Brewcast with Eric Letterman. Faith and Coffee is a blog and podcast about Christian faith and life in the everyday. I'm Eric Letterman, pastor at University Presbyterian Church in Tempe, Arizona. Whether you're driving, sitting, and enjoying a cup of coffee, or whatever you're doing, I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the Brewcast, everyone. I am joined today by my good friend, the Reverend Dr. Jonathan Bobcat Malone, pastor of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, where he has served since 2009. He attended Oberlin Conservatory for Music for two years before transferring to the Crane Music School of Music at State University of New York, Potsdam, graduating with a Bachelor's of Music, where he discovered his love for the bassoon. He earned a Master of Divinity degree from Andover Newton School of the- or Theological School and a PhD in Theology from the University of Dayton in Dayton, Ohio, which is where we actually Woo! met both of us serving in our first churches. He hosts the 12 Enough podcast about Christian faith and culture in the modern age, which has some very questionable sponsors. Keys was one of your latest <laughs> sponsors. Go listen to and and listen to it and listen to what I'm talking about. You can find it at 12enough.com and wherever you find your podcasts. Jonathan, my friend, welcome to the Faith and Coffee Brewcast. Glad to have you. Hey, Eric. Thank you for having me on the show. And I'll have you know that it wasn't necessarily Keys that was the sponsor, but that it was an organically created sound, pure and natural. No technology used to make that sound, the sound of my keys. He has very interesting sponsors. Yeah, that was a tough sponsor week. I um, You were really stretching there. What was it? Long yeah. pauses? What was it? It brought to um, you by... Prolonged pro- anticipation. Prolonged anticipation. <laughs> prolonged <laughs> anticipation. Yes. I, uh, you, uh... I, so I, I should apologize to my whole, um, to my staff, especially to my producer, because after that episode, I just reamed them out for those sponsors. I mean, we do, I do expect more. Looking in the mirror. And I don't know what happened. Um, we didn't even get any freebies out of that. No swag or anything. So I was really upset with those sponsors as you well. You can have all the prolonged anticipation you want. <laughs> and we'll let that stay right there. And you can jingle your keys all throughout your life if you want to. It's free. It's see, that's your bonus. That's your gift. Well, again, not our just best like a two year old jingling just your like keys. Just like a two year old, whatever. Yeah, cheap toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gave all my two when my kids were two. I just gave them like a key ring with razor blades on them because it, it's shinier and makes a neat sound. So (laughs) (laughs) it's good to see you, man. Hey, likewise. It's good to see you. And you're doing great. Thanks. My hair is like getting really long. You have good long hair too. No, really. It's fine. And like really. Yeah. I I don't know. I think if you get it long enough and just have a fan constantly on you. So it's always just. I like it when your hair gets long. Oh, yeah. And I, I, uh, I shaved my head not long ago. Yeah. It gets really curly. Yeah. Really, it looks, it's just you look so like welcoming. Oh, when you do that, that's what it takes, huh? Yeah, because otherwise you don't. 
look well you no, look scary it, frightening like i mean part of my call is to scare people like crazy and and so yeah that's what i go for do you know is, that god loves you do you yeah yeah you know and, and if it scares the hell out of them then i'm doing my job that's, then I say you're welcome. Because that's what ministry is about. Fear and, I mean, that's all over. And the, trembling. It's all over the Hebrew scriptures. Well, there's a book about it, Fear and Trembling. In the Bible? No, Kierkegaard. Oh, that. I'm like, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> pretty sure I know all the books. I think. No, it's two. It's Paul's letters to fear and trembling. Paul's letters to fear and trembling. He actually, I mean, this is actually not well known, but it's starting to be shared more in Pauline scholars. But he did tattoo his his wrist, and one was fear, and the other one was trembling. In the Greek, though, so that's how it could fit. Trembling is just like five; it fits right on the on the knuckles. True story. Look it up. <laughs> I always love our conversations. <laughs> I miss our Thursday nights. So in Dayton, Ohio, we every thir- just about every Thursday night, there was four of us that got together. Uh, excuse me a second. Dayton, Ohio, home of the Wright Brothers. Home of the Wright Brothers, the birthplace of flight. Dayton, yes. Ohio. Take not that, that North other Carolina. Place, that other place that shall not be named. Do you, yeah. you don't even say the name, Jonathan. Oh, sorry. You can't even say the long. name. I can't. And, so you were saying and the, Thursday And nights. the birthplace of the cash register and the ice tray. Yeah. Among many other things. I remember as well. all the sculptures around town that show all the different things. That <laughs> you know, when, like, when wow, a town really, is struggling, really grasping. Yeah, they, they'll they'll Poor get Dayton. excited about whatever they can find. But you were saying, yeah, we we would get together on Thursday yeah, we'd get nights. together on Thursday nights. It was uh, two Presbyterians, you, the Baptist, and UCC mm-hmm. United Church of Christ, and we would get together and we would always check in and pray together and then yep. do other things. That really sounded. It ominous. was. <laughs> It was a, a rare blessing. And the more, yeah, the, the, as, as I've continued in ministry, I've realized what a gift that was, that we were all in the same place at that time. And in similar kind of situations, ministry wise, um, to be able to connect and stay in that kind of, to stay in a, a regular meeting time and such it was really amazing. was, yeah. I have not um, found that since. No. Well, after that, I just said, I will never love again. <laughs> never love again. It hurts too. <laughs> just, yeah. When we all went our separate ways, well, uh, I cried for weeks. Up in Seattle, still, right? He's the uh, uh, he's an pastor. executive minister, a conference pastor conference of the Pacific pastor. Northwest Con- Conference. There you are in. I hope Mike's doing well with all the fires going on. Actually, Walter, I, last I heard, is still in Rochester. Yeah, well, another place right. where there's a lot of turmoil going on. Yeah, Walter's serving a church in Rochester. I only hear from him when another baby's on the way. How many have they had? I I don't I lost track after ten. I I think he's building his own discipleship. Twelve. Well, that's a good way to grow a church. Yeah, yeah. Either evangelization or copulation. It's one or the other. You know, I think that's in the Bible somewhere. It's it's in the book of shalt, trembling. Yeah. <laughs> the book of fear and trembling. <laughs> Thou shalt have babies, lots of them. Build your church on these babies. <laughs> yeah. So Mike and, 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 and Walter are both in places of, of crisis yeah. uh, right now. And we're in places of ease and, and no worries. Well, the, 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 the stuff in Seattle seemed actually quite confined to a certain area. I was talking to another friend. In right. fact, he was just on the podcast a, a little while ago, Tim Scheip. He's a chaplain up there. And he said, okay. it's, from what I understand, it's, it's a, in a pretty confined area. Um, I was thinking more of the fires that are happening now. 
Oh, the fires. Oh, there's fires yeah. up there. Things can catch fire in Seattle. Well, there's fires in Oregon and Mike's territory area is the whole Pacific Northwest. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Forgot he's in. Yeah. 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 There are fires in Oregon. I'm like, nothing can catch fire in Seattle. It's too wet. Like always. Global warming. Yeah. The next desert. That Seattle. and, that and I, I sent a, uh, a couple gross of shamwows to Seattle just to help out. And apparently it worked too well. What did you call them? Shamwows. Shamwows. You know, the ShamWow, there's a whole infomercial about it. Folks, when you're done listening to this podcast, go to YouTube and just look for the infomercial on the ShamWow. It's a chamois. Oh, it's a chamois. I thought you were mispronouncing yeah. chamois. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's I, I realize no, it's, it's, it's spelled differently, but I don't think yeah. that's how you. <laughs> no, somehow someone took a chamois and made a product out of it. Yes. Okay. The ShamWow. The, yes. Okay. We are not sponsored by ShamWow. Faith and Coffee is not sponsored by ShamWow. No, but if they like want to, to they could. I'll yeah, they can it. sponsor 12 enough. I'll take a I'll, I'll take, take as many shamwows as you'll send me. Exactly. Exactly. So um tell me, so you started out in music. I did. And yeah. but you got your sense of call at a very early age. And I remember yeah. you, I was listening to your podcast and you told the story of your call. And I thought, oh yeah, I think I remember some of this because we've shared our our call stories before. Right. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, so growing up, there were there were two major foci in my in my life, and that was music There's and that church. word foci. There's that word foci yeah. again, I, and I, I I used it without thinking about it. But how often can you use the plural of focus? Is it foci or foci? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm horrible at pronunciation, so it could be. I, I would. You're probably right. I don't know. Squirrel. Folks, write in. Let us know. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless I'm making an elliptical like. Orb, what else do I talk about? The foci or foci? Foci, foci. So go with foci. Yeah. That's what you said. Foci. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. So the foci. Thanks. Yeah, it's foci. actually the, so yeah, if you're doing a, like a ecclesial Latin, I think it's a hard C. If you're doing a classical Latin, it's a soft C. So that's why. See, that's why you have the PhD. <laughs> so anyway, so it's church and music and, and it was always pulled between the two. Uh, but when I was 10, I was baptized and it was around then I also had just said, I think I want to be a pastor, not knowing what that meant. I just thought, hey, this seems pretty serious and that looks like a lot of fun. So why not? Uh, I kept it, you know, as, <laughs> as, as I was going through high school and such, I kind of let that go. I mean, church was always really important to me, um, but I thought um, I could do this bassoon thing for a living. I, apparently, I'm not good at life choices. I think that's one of the bigger. Is there a high demand for bassoonists in the world? Is that? <laughs> I'm assuming it's a pretty rare, somewhat rare instrument. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, yeah, there, there's not a ton of us. I mean, there's maybe like twenty. I, I've 25. heard you play it. There, there is kind of an ominous sound to it. It, it yeah. For those who don't know what haunting. the bassoon is, yeah. I mean, I, you could listen to the Peter and the Wolf. The grandfather is the bassoon. So that's okay. what people usually think about. But yeah, there's a low sound. Or if you listen to the very beginning of Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring, you know, I'm alienating some of your listeners, but that's okay. What kind of people are attracted to the bassoon in, in general? <laughs> I don't think I should answer that question. <laughs> Come now, Jonathan. Say more about there, that. 
<laughs> there Sorry. Is, Let me get my fingers together. Who, say more about that. Say more about that. So, I mean, some people are, are stimulated by small sounds and whispers, the ASMR folks. Some people are stimulated by, yeah, you're welcome out there. You are welcome. Um, some people are stimulated by bundles of sticks making ominous kind of sounds, and those are bassoonists. Bundles of sticks. <laughs> well, so that actually, so that, that comes from the, the Italian, German, just about every other language except for French word for bassoon is fogat or fogati, which literally means bundle of sticks. Oh, okay. I mean, it is a reed instrument, right? Yeah, it's a double reed. In fact, we have to, it's so good. You got to do it twice. (laughs) Can go in so So many directions. I know, I know. What's our time limit for this show? (laughs) What do you keep it to? Yeah. Okay, great. Then, then I'll let the digressions happen. This is good. Yeah. Um, this is fun. I'm having a good time. I, I, I enjoy not tangents. being the host. You should see yeah. our Wednesday morning Bible study. <laughs> oh, yeah. we run down every <laughs> rabbit hole that we can find. It's fantastic. you get two verses in and then like, well, we're at time. Like, what yeah. about the rest of the? No, it's fantastic. Anyway, yes. So, bassoon. so, so when it came time for college, um, I decided uh, I wanted to do a, a higher caliber music school. Uh, I first thought maybe I could do a good Christian school that has a good a Christian school that has a good music program. But as I said in the other show, those don't exist. Um, go ahead and write in. Prove me wrong. Eric uh, at faithandcoffee.com. There you go. Or 12 and, enough uh, at gmail.com. Yeah. And 12 is always written out because we're not a lazy people. Right. Uh, you know, my, I have a sponsor that's the sound of keys being shaken, but I'm not, we're not lazy people. <laughs> nope. Let's see. What's my sponsor? I don't know. What do I have on my desk right now? That's what, I mean, one, one t- episode, my sponsor was thumbtacks. <laughs> I love it. So that's what I did is really, it was like, I need an inspiration. I need inspiration. So, um, I decided to, to just pursue music. Uh, I went to Oberlin conservatory of music, which is a fine music school of a certain caliber. Uh, and, and really on my way, more or less, you know, saying like, I'm going to do this halfway through. It's just, you know, you know, and we talk about the call. It's such an amorphous kind of word or idea. Cause you say, I got the call. Uh, but it, is that like the clap or that? No, never mind. That's different. Go ahead. That's an STI. <laughs> you should see a doctor. <laughs> Sorry, that's different. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't wait with that, Eric. Seriously, go see a doctor tomorrow. Thanks. <laughs> we care about you. To my prisoners listening, I that's not happening. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, I do okay. not have the clap. Okay, I thought you'd be like, I'm not going to go see a doctor. <laughs> I refuse. I don't need no stinking doctor. <laughs> it's a witchcraft. That's what it is. <laughs> Show me the germs, and then I'll believe in them. Uh, the so. Call. The call, I remember I was sitting at, I was sitting in worship. Uh, I went, I still went to church even when I, when I was at college, uh, because it was, it, church has always been a very meaningful thing for me. The weeks felt wrong when I missed worship on Sundays. I felt off balance and I was sitting there before the worship service started. And I just felt this sense of, you know, God saying, I need you as a leader. Um, you know, and, and, you know, and it just, it wouldn't leave. Hmm. It wouldn't leave. And I think that had been there. That's a, in, that's in a the common theme well. in other people. In most call stories that I've heard, it's, it was sort of this almost annoying, you yeah. know, sometimes it's just a, um, 
but this constant pull, like it wouldn't leave. I couldn't, I mean, that's my call to story too. I couldn't, I, yeah. I wanted to shake it. I was Job. I was running and I wanted to, uh, or not Job. Um, who's the other Jonah. guy? Jonah. Jonah. Thank you. The other Jay, uh, you know, yeah. I was Jonah. I was running not because I hated the Ninevites. I just didn't want to do the job. You love the Ninevites. I, I know you. I love everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm I just the, saying you that's would... how I got the clap. Yeah. We're cutting that out of the, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> That's gonna that's gonna come out. I hope if I remember <laughs> when I'm editing. <laughs> I swear I'm only drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think I agree, Eric. That sense of it, it's a it's a nagging or an itch or yeah, something that just won't leave. And it's one of those questions that when I think about it now, sorry, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> The professionalism of this podcast is overwhelming. <laughs> I just want to say that the professionalism. Oh, wow! <laughs> it, was, it was just this constant drip, drip that wouldn't leave, <laughs> like this inflamed presence that was always there. <laughs> Woo! Mm. Are we ready to to start again? <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Brewcast, everyone. <laughs> I'm joined today by my good friend. I was trying to give you a good place to bring the edit back in. You want me to start again with that sense of call? For the edit? Sure. Or do you want to just leave all that in there and let your parishioners... I haven't decided kind of yet. I'll let you okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So yeah, that sense of call, it, it is it's just this kind of nagging. I remember when I was thinking about going on for the doctoral work uh, with a spiritual director, and one of the things she asked me was, if you don't do this, how will you feel? And I think that's a similar question. I mean, it's something when people come to me now and say, hey, I think I want to go into ministry, I'd say, if you can do anything else, do it. I, but that's if, the advice I got, and that's the advice I give. Yeah. For yeah, a lot of different you, reasons, but... Well, it's hard. This yeah. ministry thing is tough. It, it really and, and, is. And it, it, yeah. it, it takes a lot out of a person. And yeah. I, I, I think most people don't, it's different than, and I've worked in the secular world. I've been a paralegal. I've done office work. I've done other things. Um, ministry is different than anything else, especially yeah. parish ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't done anything else really. So, well, I mean, some small things here and there, but I don't have a big comparison, but I can only imagine. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you can do any, so it's that kind of, it's that kind of wrestling. And, and that's where I was, I, I ended at this place like, no, I have to go into ministry. Uh, and, and because Oberlin is a, this conservatory of music has a certain caliber of expectation of playing. I couldn't practice enough to meet that caliber. So that's why I transferred to, SUNY Potsdam, State University of New York, mm -hmm. Potsdam, way north, just 20 minutes south of Canada. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's how I just, yeah. Uh, and I finished, I still got a music degree. Music continues to be a love of mine. Uh, I still play, but um, it was with a, a different focus, saying yeah. I'm going to graduate from college, go to seminary. You know, and everyone I asked, I said, what do I need to take to prepare for seminary? And everyone said, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was like, a political, All right. I was a political science degree with a recreation yeah. minor. Go figure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. My, my so, pastor yeah. got an art degree from UCLA. See, very helpful. And he retired 
I don't know how many years ago as a pastor. As but, pa- yeah. So yeah, and it, I think it, that, it, but I think that diversity it, though is part of what I think helps us in ministry is you know I I hear the religious studies made the undergrad religious studies majors they speak differently they teach differently yeah. than I think people who have something outside that and, and it's not I, better or worse it's just different it is just different yeah I I think yeah the breadth of experience that you can bring now I say that at the same time you know you know when i went to seminary there were, we were at the beginning of this i think a real wave of second career um, students and second career pastors uh, and um, and and a lot of the pushback i got is someone you know right from college going to seminary saying you haven't lived yeah who are you to go in to serve a church how how can you go if you haven't had life experience yeah uh, and i want to always be weary of that i mean the breadth of experiences we bring add so much to, to being a pastor. Um, but you know, don't ever tell someone they can't, that they need to go and live elsewhere, that they should keep running from their call and then they can say yes. Um, we say yes when we say yes. Yeah. Well, not running. Well, there's a difference between. Yeah. Yeah. That was unfair. Running from the call saying, I, I want to make sure that that's really what I'm called to. Right. And, you know, or, or I mean, in my case, I really was. And I've still kind of been running and kicking and screaming ever since. I'm, I'm still kicking and screaming in ministry. And I'm still, um, you know, the, the joke in seminary was evidently at the end of every semester, I would tell my classmates, well, I guess I won't see you next semester. So it was nice knowing you. You're like the Dread Pirate Roberts. Evidently. Yes. Good job, most Wesley. Likely most likely I'll kill, I'll you, kill in you in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, every semester you told us that. I'm like, no, I didn't. And they're like, no, really, seriously, every semester you told us you're quitting. I'm like, I yeah. did? And then, you know, the joke now is every Monday, many ministers write their letters of mm-hmm. resignation just about every Monday. I look at the job and that's ads how hard where it I is. say, yeah, I say, is it too late to go to med school? Right. Med school. With yeah, a bassoon, or, with a bachelor's degree in music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I mean, to play you is, to healing. <laughs> I mean, how hard could it be, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I do say, I do think that, you know, on this side of it, I'm, I'm at the age that a lot of my um, seminary and classmates were. And I have 20 solid years of, of parish pastoring experience. Right. And I think that justifies the choices I made. But yeah, I think you're right. There's a difference between saying I, I, I'm running from it and we're saying like, I know I'm going to say yes, but I better go do these th- other things first. Yeah. No. Let well, your yes be yes and your no be no. That's kind of in the scripture. But doesn't it also maybe possibly depend on someone's where they're at? I mean, there may be people saying, sure. you know, I am called to ministry, but there are these other things that I need to do first because I know once I go into ministry, I may not have an opportunity. You know, travel right. the world, whatever. If that's their part of their calling, I need to go right. experience the world because that's where my heart is. But I know well, I'm going to get, I know I'm going to go into ministry eventually, but I know once I start in ministry, it's going to be a lot harder to do that. I wonder. I, so this is a place where I, I, where I, conti- I, I continue to struggle uh, with the institutional expectations of what it means to be a pastor. And, and it doesn't mean we have to say no to a, lot of, to a lot of other things that we might be able to say yes to in life. Financially, yes. Well, fin- I was going to say, yeah, I'm not, you know. 
Just I'm saying. driving a 2008 Yaris, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, it, you know, because that's what I can afford. Yeah. Um, so yeah, financially, yes. But, but there are other, how often do we say no to other things um, that could bring so much to the church because we think, well, that's just not going to happen anymore. I, mean, I do this. I know I do it. Um, I, I know there's, there's aspects of my own life that I try to silence because it may not be appropriate or it may not be right. I mean, you, you, you listened to my most recent podcast episode about punk music and Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and if, which was if brilliant, said, by the way. Absolutely. Oh, brilliant. Thanks. Um, and I'm going to give a lot of kudos to Eric Carlson about that. Um, a, a, a you know, I, well, I love the fact that you were not versed in punk music, that you sort of came to it with this fresh at however yep. old you are, 40 something came to yeah. it with this like, hey, this is new to me. This is cool. I want to I want to learn more about this. And you actually listened to it. I, I grew up on punk music. Mm. Um you know, I wasn't like the full on punker with the chains and the spiked hair and all that stuff. But punk music definitely is one of right. the soundtracks to my my teenage years and my upraising. But it was just to, to be able to speak to the theology and, and the mm. sociology of punk music was just absolutely brilliant. It was a brilliant. Oh, episode. thank you. So I should be able to then say I should bring some of this to my worship service. Let's place And, and there's a part of me that will say, no, that that's not appropriate. That that's going to be too much. For the people, it's just as an example of, mm-hmm. of the nodes that we may embody. Well, uh, you got to speak to where the people are at, and if they're like punk, sure. wait, what? <laughs> then it may not work. It's a, and I think it's a balance. I mean, if if we are only comforting the people, yeah. then we're missing it. There are times when comfort is appropriate. I, I you know, yeah. a big part of of where worship needed to be and, and needs to be still to a degree during this time of COVID um, is a place of comfort. Uh, because people are living with a different kind of stress, with fear, with worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they need to feel like a worship, like, okay, God's still here. I'm going to be okay. So there's an appropriateness. But if that's all I do, then I'm, I'm, I'm not being a good pastor. I need to be pushing them as well. And, and so is there a way? So, so instead of just saying, no, there's no place for punk music in the church I serve with the people, is there a way for me to say, what is it about it? What's the ethos? Can I bring some of the music in or at least some of the ideas in, ideals in? You know, so for that person who says, I want to travel a lot before I go into ministry, well, why can't you be a missionary and travel a lot in your mission in your ministry? Or something like or be a traveling evangelist. They always do well and have a great reputation. I, I'm gonna push back on that <laughs> okay. for a couple of reasons, because I think once we get that label of being religious, it mm. changes how people receive us and changes how people react to us. And I think that's the challenge. I, I, sometimes I feel like I was able to do more, more ministry before I got reverend in front of my name. And once I got that reverend, in some ways it became a shackle. Uh, you know, you mentioned right. in your podcast, oh, you got to wear slacks now. You got to wear a tie and I don't wear ties. Yeah. You know, there are certain expectations of how we're going to act. I've been at social gatherings where I had a beer in my hand and people are like, wait, aren't you a pastor? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can and drink I, beer. Do you not know who Presbyterians are? You know, we br- know, Scotch right? is like our, our, it's on our flag. I mean, it's, well, it's not really, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's who we, yeah, of course we drink. I mean, we don't drink to excess, but <clears throat> so there are these expectations. I, you know, I, I don't tell people on planes what I do for a living. When they, I do. If, if I do get into a conversation with people, 
because simply because I'm going to know this person for maybe these hour, couple hours. Right. The the responses tend to be either they either want to tell me why I'm wrong. They assume mm-hmm. I agree or believe the way they believe, which is oftentimes not the case because they tend to be if, if they're going that direction, they tend to be the more conservative theologically. Yep. Yeah. Um, or they just completely reject, you know, everything or they want to tell me their life story. Yeah. And, and sometimes there are times when it's like, OK, this is a real gift that I'm getting to know this stranger that I'm never going to see again. And we get to share a moment. But they're not looking at me as a fellow traveler. Right. Oh, no, no, they aren't. Can I, uh, can I tell you a story? There's a total power differential. And I just yeah. tell people I'm a I'm, I'm a either I'm a social worker or I'm a sanitation engineer. Because I, I shovel, would believe I shovel yeah. people shit. Yeah, I would believe sanitation engineer right away. Thanks. Thanks. Wait, what are you saying about sanitation engineers? Some of my best friends you? are sanitation engineers. What are you saying? No one's saying anything's bad about them. No one's saying nothing. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, please. Okay. Which I think kind of relates because I, I, I tell them, I tell people what I do. In fact, I, so I have a sign on my laptop that says free prayers. Uh, and, and it's on there because I spend a lot of time in coffee shops doing work, uh, in part because that's for me, it's been the, uh, a very effective way for me to be present in the local community. Mm-hmm. I do the same um, thing. It, yeah. So, you know, and I don't wear a clerical collar. Not right now, just, though, because, well, I do, right, wear, yeah, now I, do, it, I do wear a clerical collar, but yeah. Yeah. It, for, for Baptist, it's not quite. <clears throat> it's not part of your tradition. Yeah, it's, it's not part of our tradition. So I don't wear a clerical collar. Um, I wear the Scottish so was, tabs with my T-shirt that oh, says yeah. heretic and good company. <laughs> Well, that's good. Uh, so I was in I was in D.C., Washington, D.C., um, on a youth trip, right? We're doing mission work. We're doing a VBS. And, and we're working hard. And I'm tired. So I say, I'm going to need some downtime. I'm going to go to the local Starbucks and just sit down. Just give me an hour just to, like, debrief, maybe do some writing, something. And, and you know, the other leader's like, yeah, totally cool. That's fine. So I go there. I, I sit down with my laptop. You know, and I'm, I'm getting into a zone and someone comes up to me and says, are you a pastor? I forgot about the sign on the laptop. And, the and I'm, over it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, and, and I said, well, yes. And she said, can I sit down? We had a good talk. She was wrestling with her church and not knowing where to go next. And since I wasn't from there, I didn't care because otherwise I would say, well, you should come to my church. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, you know, what she needed at that time. What I lose is it's hard for me to not be on um, because of that sign. Right. And, and, and I get it's not an easy, clear cut, like yes or no or right answer kind of thing. You know, I try to just present myself as I present myself. If someone's going to project onto me their own expectations or assumptions of how I'm supposed to be, I try to let that be on them. You know, um, it's hard. It is hard. The amount of people I've been able to just be present with in times of... Rarely do we ever live up to those expectations. Well, that's it. And, and I try not to own them. Yeah. You know, my work is to not own them, especially if someone, you know, says like, well, clearly you're on the same page as I am with this, you know, with this election coming up. And I say, well, and that's usually all I say. <laughs> it's just, well, <laughs> you know, and... um yeah, and, and this is part of, you know, the risk I run is burnout and, and it's a very real risk and something I wrestle with mm-hmm. uh, because it's very rare that I'm not on. Right. I, I try to be clear of when I'm working and when I'm not. 
you know, when I when it's family time and when it's not, I try to take days off. I try to, um, have, you know, go into the mountains and have my time hiking and such like that. Um, you know, but it, what we do is more than a career. It's a vocation. It's, it's who we are. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and my struggle is to be authentic in my call. It, and especially with my own parishioners, how, how can I be authentic in a way that is you know, true to who I am, uh, but doesn't dishonor what they need, you know, so get back to the punk music, you know, not that that's quite who I am, but there's aspects of that. That is who I am. How can I bring that into worship in a way that's true to who I am, but doesn't, you know, ignore what they need. I think you're right. If I just went ahead and played bad religion and say, listen to this, learn from this. I don't think that's appropriate. I need to do a lot of setup, a lot of explanation. Helping maybe place. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so that's the compromise and it, it's a moving target. It's not, there isn't the right answer for this. And I think that's a challenge that, you know, hopefully those who take their call seriously constantly wrestle with. How do we be true to ourselves and also true to others or present to others in a way that's authentic? Well, and that's what, you know, in, in my ministry, so much of my own faith journey has been questioning. That is very much a part yeah. of who I am, um, doubting my own beliefs even. You know, yeah. Not, oh, not, yeah. not to say that I don't believe, but to say, well, is that really, is that belief helpful? Is that belief accurate? Yep. Is that belief effective? in, in me being in a close relationship with God and with all that God loves, which is everything. Mm. So how do I do that better? And I don't always do that better. And I do tend to be a cantankerous person. I do tend to, you know, I used to think of myself as the, yeah, the glass is half full and how are we going to fill the rest? Mm. Now I do tend to focus on, you know, that empty part, <clears throat> you know, let's, let's figure out how to fix that. You know, so it's not the, half, the glass is half empty. Oh, well, all is lost. It's yeah. okay. What can we do about it? So I do get called perfectionist and I don't see it as perfectionist. I see it as progressive. I'm constantly looking to say, mm. okay, how can we do this better? How can we encourage people's faith better? So a lot of my sermons are out of my right. own doubts, out of my own frustrations, out of my right. own um, faithlessness, as well as my faithfulness and trying to say, this is the stuff I'm struggling with maybe this might resonate with some of you and to bring those questions and, right. and and doubts to the pulpit and to our worship to say, this is okay. This is authentic. This is honest. Some congregations have responded better than others. Obviously I've been where I am since what 2012. So obviously it's working out better here than it has in other congregations right, right. That I've served. Uh, they haven't yeah. kicked me out yet, yet. They um, won't right now, not during the whole coronavirus thing. No, because it'd be too expensive man. to find somebody at this point. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's purely economical. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, not to say I mean, that there hasn't been moments where I thought I was losing my job. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, not losing my vocation, but losing my job. Yeah, and I can't imagine. I can't imagine anything I did, even if I decided to like cut bait and go into a career of you know photography or writing right. or whatever I was going to go into. I would. I can't imagine not still doing ministry in the mm. midst of that. Right. Yeah. That, this, the perfectionism part of you, how do you let go? But I, it's not perfectionism though. All right. The progressive part. Because me, it'll never be perfect. And I've accepted that. Ah, that's what I was wondering. I was really wondering that. I'm how, okay with at that. At what point do you say I got to let go? Well, it's usually a, I'm going to let go of this for now. Oh, for now. Wow. But I'll always come back to it because that's just who I am. 
And yeah. I've accepted that. And it's not a, but I also try to help other people say, you know, I, 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 I despise when people say good enough. Oh, I say it all the time. It feels. Oh. <laughs> That's good enough. Well, I mean, I, it does depend on what it is, but yeah, I feel uh, for the big things. I feel like that is like, you know, we've gotten, especially in the West, we've gotten out of right. that. God does not get our best. And that's true. You know, are, do mm. churches, do people give their best furniture to the church? No. They're like, hey, I've had this couch for 15 years. I don't need it anymore. I'm either going right. to throw it out right. or give it to the youth group. What? Yeah. You're going to oh, give yeah. the youth group a church, uh, a couch that you were going to throw out in the trash? There's no bed bugs. Uh, well, that's the thing, though. The church doesn't get our best anymore. And I think that's true even in our efforts. It's good enough. Right. Well, the church is on different. the other. On the other hand, (laughs) if I might, if I may, of course, uh, we, you know, I like that you say you're progressive and not a perfectionist. I think that distinction is important because it leaves a lot of room for grace and and it, and it takes the final aspect of it out of our hands. It, It says we don't have to solve it. You know, we can be a part, we want to be a part of the solution, but in the end we say, all right, God, I did my best and and I know it's flawed, but here you go. Or I did my best in that moment. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. And and so I can't wait to see what you're going to do with it. Yeah. And I'm sorry for how I didn't do as well as I'd like. I'm not. (laughs) That's the thing though. I'm never sorry for doing my best. If I truly, I am sorry sometimes when I don't do my best and I know that I didn't do my best. And there are times you're right when I just have to say, okay, there's only 24 hours in a day. I actually do have to sleep for eight of those. Um, eight hours of sleep, living the lap of luxury there. (laughs) Going to ignore that comment. (laughs) You know, I, I, you know, I, there are certain things I do need to do in the midst of those. And so I, I have limited energy. I have limited resources. So sometimes it is, okay, I, I, I'm going to do my best with what I have. So if my yeah. energy is depleted, I know that wouldn't be my best overall, but it's right. going to be the best in the moment. So that's where for me to say good enough is a real moment of grace and self-care because, you know, so, I mean, I, as a, a musician, you know, there, I have this performance mentality where you do want to offer the absolute best you can, but it also means it's never going to be good enough. True. So every performance, even if it ever to everyone else, it sounds flawless. I would say, ah, no, I, I screwed up this note and missed this part. I mean, so I could tick off all the things about it sure. that I didn't like. And, and especially after I preach, um, I am just a sourpuss after I preach almost all the time. And I'm like, oh, I just didn't hit that, you know, you know, really? Cause I can never remember what I preached. <laughs> People are in the North afterward. I love it. When you said, I'm like, Oh, did I say that? That sounds brilliant. That's awesome. Maybe you, maybe <laughs> I don't remember you saying sh- that. <laughs> maybe you're in your morning routine. You should switch to water and not vodka. Just think about it. Just sit on it for a while. Pray on it. Se- and we don't do, we're Presbyterians. We don't do vodka. Oh, right. Sorry. Scotch. Scotch. Thank you. Yeah. Or bourbon. Anyway. But still, yeah. No. Um, so there needs to be a point for me. So when I say good enough, I, it's not a flipping like, ah, it's good enough. Just go ahead and like, good enough for government work. You know that saying? Yeah. That's uh, which, a whole nother. Which, yeah. Which is just, that is not good. But for yeah. me to say that is to say, stop beating yourself up 
Um, recognize that you did give God the best that you could in that moment and in the preparation did the best that you could with all that you had and all that happened in the week. And God's going to do amazing stuff with it. So stop cutting yourself short and please stop cutting, you know, cutting God short and saying, God can't do anything with what I just offered because it was so bad. Well, and there's that balance between doing my best Mm. and also doing what God calls me to do you know, because if if I'm not able or not willing to do what God calls on me to do, God will find yeah. somebody else. And I know it'll happen in some form or way, but I don't I don't want to let I don't think we let God down ever. But I think we right. can. Well, that's not true, actually. I think we can let God down. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But but, but God's not going to hold it against us. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. So, yeah, I think, Eric, it's safe to say that you and I are, are have a personality types where we will err on the side of overfunctioning. Yes. Which is dangerous in ministry because it never ends. Which, yeah. So we need to be able to say it's okay to take a day off. There are others who err on the side of underfunctioning who need to say, no, I really need to get to work. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's not going to be our, those aren't our neuroses. Our more is take a day. (laughs) So how do you feel like you're functioning in the midst of the pandemic and the midst Uh, of political partisan political divisions amidst of um civil unrest um which really as you know it you know we like to say the civil rights movement it settled down it never really settled down no it's always been there it has risen above the water now more so yeah for good reasons but I mean, for not context. for good, for not good yeah. reasons, but you know what I mean? Right. For the betterment of, Justifiably our, of our society. So. Yeah. Justify. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I talk good sometimes. You, you um, speak good words. I speak so good. I you speak so good. You got good words. <laughs> um, the best I serve words. a church. So I, I serve a church that's uh, fairly diverse politically and theologically. Uh, so, you know, I have conservative folks. I have some fairly ultra conservative folks. And I have some progressive folks and fairly progressive, ultra progressive folks. And then everyone in between. And, and part of the way I, I believe I've been called to be a pastor for this church is to be one who makes space for that diversity. Uh, and, you know, and, and that's not, you know, that's for this church. There are churches that are progressive and they need to be, and there's churches that are conservative and they need to be. This is a church that, is they, I mean, if they have to be conservative fine we need the balance Eric. Sure. we we need the balance otherwise you're going to start throwing out the creeds and just I like hugging trees and doing whatever and What's wrong with hugging trees why are you taking it, away all my 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 joys in life it's unnatural that's what's wrong with it <laughs> you're a natural oh touche yeah that's um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's my best in this moment. In this moment, <laughs> your face is stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, my context is a much more progressive church, and I find right. it's so funny because the church in, that I served in uh, New York was pretty conservative, small town, twenty two hundred yeah. people and shrinking fairly conservative. And I felt like my job there was to push them a little bit, not push them right. so hard that I pushed them away, but push, I definitely pulled my punches, but I, yeah. I, I was pushing them and challenging them. And this church, I feel like I'm pulling and mm. saying, okay, wait a minute. 
let's yeah, come back it a down. Little bit. And sometimes yeah. they, you know, they disparage conservative people. And I'm like, you know, those conservatives are your sisters and brothers. In yeah. the Presbyterian Church, we have over the last 15 years had a mass exodus of conservative yeah. churches. They even started their own denomination. And I did get to the point where they kept threatening to leave, threatening to leave. And I finally just picked up my packing tape and said, let me help you move. Mm. Let me help you pack. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Right. If you're going to continue to refuse to be in dialogue and refuse to listen and it's your way or the highway. And once you don't get your way, suddenly you want to pick up your toys and leave. Fine. Yeah. Leave. That's, I, that's immature. But it still hurt and it was painful. Oh, I lost yeah. friends. I lost. I feel like we did lose that tension, that positive tension that I think is mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Um, but in some ways, it also finally freed up our denomination to finally be the prophetic voice that I feel like we're called to be. And that we right. had that has been a part of our 300 year history in the United mm. States. And so in my church, I'm able to now I'm able to say things that I would never be able to say in New York. Right. So here's what's exhausting for me is that I'm constantly trying to make space. Uh, and, and we've been working hard at that. And I've been teaching how do you talk to people? How do you disagree and still love up that kind of thing? So it's been a lot of work and I've been working on it, you know, this time because I know where I stand politically and theologically. I'm pretty progressive. Mm -hmm. It is exhausting to hear some things that I want to just say, no, no, yeah. no. Yep. Yep. But instead to say, okay, but on the other hand, Right. Maybe. And to be able to respond in a way that helps keep them there and still hear the other side. Mm -hmm. And and part of my own struggle is how much am I compromising You know, for that? We, we, we are not going to hang a Black Lives Matter banner on our church. Yeah, We're just not going to do it. And funny enough, would, my church won't either. I've been asking. I've been pushing. Oh, and yeah, even part my of me progressive would, church would, won't do it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 interesting. That, we sponsored like, somebody else, another church's Black Lives Matter. Oh, you did banner because yeah. theirs kept getting torn down. So I we sponsored <laughs> one, but we won't put one up ourselves. But you won't put one up. I yeah, and yeah, I, I know that's. I mean, but it's an example that speaks to the zeitgeist that we're in. That I would love to put one up and just to say, hey, this is who we are. Yeah. But it's not right, right. And, and that's exhausting. And every time someone you know sends you know tells me about how great our current president is and how much of a blessing he is to America. I have to say, well, I don't see what you're seeing. I mean, I have to respond in a way that's diplomatic and Eric, that's exhausting. Yeah, it is. You know, and then the COVID stuff, they, people say, how long are we going to keep up this silly distancing and those silly wearing a mask? And I say, well, it's not silly. Um, here's where we're coming from. Here's the things. Yeah, it is exhausting. Uh, yeah. and, and it has been exhausting. And as this political climate increases in, in the, in the polarization. Um, I constantly wonder where's my breaking point? Where will I get to the place where I say, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Here's where I stand and I've got to draw the line. Um, there've been times when I've been very clear. I, I preached a sermon about homosexuality and, and I said, you need to know where I'm coming from and you need to know what I believe. And I did not hold back. And I, said, this is where I'm coming from. I said, but you need to pray about it and make and come to your own sense of what you believe. You know, I'm at a place, I've been there long enough that I can do that. The majority of the people trust me. Uh, and, yeah, and you're trust not going to do that your first day. No, don't do that. Yeah, you yeah, built relationships. Do that. People can say, okay, I hear him. I don't agree with him, but that's right. okay. But yeah, I know he's going to be my pastor. I know he's still going to love gonna, me. And, right. right. So that part is exhausting. The constant... Um, this is a hard time to be a pastor. 
it, not that any other time was easy, but I, I think the, the concerns about how do we worship together in a way that's safe. We have some people coming into our worship now. We're allowed to have up to 50. We have about half that showing up. And even then, they have to wear masks. They have to be separate. Everyone else is on Facebook. Preaching is just doing worship in general is 10 times harder uh, because I have to give, 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 and I'm getting very little feedback. Yeah. You know, and, and when you look out and you just see a sea of eyes and nothing else, I don't get face expressions. Like, I don't know, right. am, I, am I connecting? And then the rest are all on the other side of a screen. That's exhausting. Trying to be there for, for people pastorally is exhausting. Add to that, we serve mainline churches. They're all dying. You know, maybe right. our churches are doing okay, but the bigger picture is we're part of a dying industry. Uh, and we're definitely transitioning. I don't know if we're dying, but we're that's transitioning. nice. That's a nicer way. Probably maybe some of my exhaustion transforming. Out. We are we're reforming in the okay. reform tradition. Sure. Whatever. Just but, uh, <laughs> no, I do. Know, think, so, I think it is going to look differently, different in 10 it, or 15 years. I, I don't it think is. the church is dying necessarily, but I do think we're no. becoming something very different. I think that's true. What I think that we're, is, I have no idea. I think we're recovering from uh, 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 a church II bubble boom. of the 1940s, 50s and 60s. Yeah. Yeah. And it's starting to get back to where to normal, so to speak. Yeah. Where we still serve this. We're in a secular nation. I don't a, care. A normal what we say. never really knew, those of us who are alive now. Right. And so there's that tension as well. When you know, Sunday morning you get up there and you think, maybe t- this is a Sunday when the pews will be full. No. And now there's even less. And yeah. you're like, Am I connecting with anyone? Am I gonna get new people coming? And, and so yeah. all of those then the pastoral care and the amount of deaths we had in our congregation and doing mm-hmm. funerals is a different, very different experience. How many of you had <sighs> COVID related or just? None of them is that I know so far have been COVID related, but okay. it's still also older folks and things. I've yeah. done at least, you know, in the last, since, since March, I've probably done a dozen or so funerals. Wow. And, and most of them are, you know, they're all graveside. Some lot. of them are. Well, I, some of them are non-church folk. I'm, I'm one of the, I'm the Protestant that our local uh, funeral home calls. Okay. okay. Yeah. I was that in New York. Yeah. It's a, yeah. you know, it's a great here, way to make money on the he, side. Yeah, exactly. I can't yeah. do it here. Or I'd be weddings and funerals. I don't do outside weddings or funerals because I would be doing them every weekend. Uh, yeah. Or every day. Yeah. The, yeah, the demands, it. I'm in such a Catholic place that most of the, most of the people just look for the priest, but I actually, I, it's important to do it because I want to, I want people to have a sense of the divine in these ma- significant yeah. moments in their lives. And That's if I don't, why I did I don't, it in New York. That's why I yeah. did it in New York. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the same page. We're very similar. You I and get I. it. I get it. I get yeah. you, Jonathan. Jonathan. <gasps> you see Jonathan, me. I see you. <laughs> That's why well, I'm right behind you. <gasps> and now I'm in front of you. And now I'm to yeah. the side of you. I am Surprise. beneath you. I am above you. Never mind. Who wrote yes. that? Whose prayer is that? Is that Patrick? I yeah. Sure. Christ beside me, Christ before me. I thought his name was Charlie, but I don't know. I don't yeah, well, that prayer started out good, but after a while, like, we get it. Christ is all over. Can you summarize the prayer now? <laughs> Christ is all over me. Get him <laughs> off. <laughs> Not with this Purell. <laughs> That'll get Christ off me in a second. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so there, uh, to I, and you asked a ser- serious question. I keep trying yes, to I bring did. it back. Yes. There are moments, there have been moments and continue to be moments in this time that have been God blessed in, yeah. in no question, but I'm tired. And, and part of it might be, I've been doing this for 20 years, but I think part of it is also, this is a tough, a tough time. 
It's so different and so demanding. And I recognize I'm tired. You know, the things that used to feed me don't in the same way anymore. And that's Mm. a worry. That is a worry. Yeah. And, and I'm hearing that story over and over again across the country from pastors. Uh, you know, it was, it was hard in March and April as pastors were scrambling, churches were scrambling, but it was mostly, I mean, the pressure was on the pastors more so than the parishioners to say, how are we going to do this? And some churches just flat out said, we're not having worship. I'll send an email every week. Right. Because that's what we can do. We can't do, we're not set up for the podcast or to do the live stream. We're not set up to do, I was able to do pre-recorded. You know, right. Fairly, I watched some of yours. They're nice. Fairly. Yeah. You know, you because I know how to do that because I know how yeah. to do that, you know, and I have the equipment and, and it just right. happened to be where my gifts were. And so I was able to do that. But I was spending six to 10 hours a week recording yeah. and editing it's on top crazy. of regular worship prep. Right. And I realized in um, uh, when was it? May, I think I finally realized, I said, this is going to be going on a lot longer than I thought. I thought, (laughs) oh, this will be five, six months, four months, maybe we'll be good. No. So I said, I went to my leaders and said, this is not sustainable. We need to think of something else. So I came in June and said, we need to, we need to move to to Zoom, to something live streamed that Mm. it's, you know, in an hour done. That's it for better, for worse. Yeah. And it's also a lot more, a lot more forgiving being in front of a camera this close is a lot less forgiving than even a live service. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, without cameras is it's just so much less forgiving. And so in June, we actually were recording two services a week because wow. I took vacation in July. Good for you. Oh, so you had it banked up. So we had to do, so we were working twice and my music people stepped in, I had a new music director that started July 1st and I'm like, wow. okay, welcome. This is what we got to do. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And he jumped on and was fantastic. He knew That's how to great. edit. So he took over all the music, which was such oh. a blessing. Yeah. So we were able to get it done. And then uh, August 16th, we moved to Zoom. And it's been a really positive. And people, some people who were kind of against it, like, oh, I don't understand what that's how that's going to be better. And now they're like, oh, now I get it. We can see yeah. each other. We can talk to each other. And more people are hanging out for the fellowship. We do breakout rooms afterwards where nice. people can break out into little small groups of about seven to eight and yep. just check in with each other. Yeah. Are we getting, a, you know, even 70 percent participation? No, no, right. we're not. And there are people that we're missing because they're older. They don't have technology or it's yeah. just it's so daunting. They don't even want to try. And we've got some people that are stepping in finally to, to, to help say, okay, how can we get this person connected? Um, and so that's good. And so it's happening and we're, we're, we're looking at not doing any in-person gatherings, uh, until at least after the first of the year. Wow. But we're in Arizona though. We're in Maricopa yeah. County, which has been inundated. The numbers are going down. The daily numbers of new cases is going down, but it hasn't right. quite reached the the threshold that for us to have in person. And the question is, what's in person going to be like? You mentioned that, you know, you're having, you know, very small, you know, the threshold is 50, yeah. but we're not even close to that. Right. So what's that going to be like to be able to come together? You can sing and I've heard you sing. I oh. cannot. Okay. Well, I can, but I can't say it's nice. Okay. So <laughs> it sounds beautiful to me in the shower, but I don't know what it sounds like to everybody else. Well, Krilly, you need to do your Zoom services from the shower. Oh, I'm going to bring that to my worship committee. Hey, guys, you could, I got an idea. You can tell him it came from me. I was talking to this Baptist pastor. I'm like, and he oh, said, that's the problem right there. Yeah. <laughs> Go no further. We're done. Yeah. Have you thought about nudity? In but he's worship? American Baptist. No, no, no. He's American Baptist. It's different. Yeah. Does that mean anything in Arizona? I have no idea. 
Probably not. We're, Some we, of my good we friends have, are American. Like, we have good American Baptists here, actually. Do you? Yeah. We have maybe two or three churches in Arizona, and some of our Southern Baptists or our Independent Baptists, rather, they're 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 sort of coming around to some of the more progressive stuff. Well, that's good. Um, the Southern Baptists, no, but they yeah. don't. Even, as far as they're concerned, we don't even exist. But, they don't play well with nicely. They don't play nicely with others. No, but the the you know so there are skills that you have that you're using. I have certain yeah. skills that I'm using. Where each right. pastor is trying to play to their strengths as best as possible. In, like right. you said, a very trying, very difficult, very challenging time. Not only the the partisan unrest, the divides that have yeah. just become so expansive uh, and so difficult to to try and navigate, um, as well as the racial, as well as you know this whole pandemic. And and I'm so thankful for my leadership that we are basically have been in unison saying no, we're not opening up. We have a small group of people right. that are trying to push back on that, and we're saying no. And I'm really yeah. thankful. And and the vast majority of the congregation is saying, thank you for saying no. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, so. for the majority, yeah, we, we're at a place where, you know, we had outdoor services. We had three. Those have been very powerful. Luckily, we've been doing that for the last couple of years anyways. During the summer? Yeah. We would do yeah. one or two outdoor services during yeah, the summer. Just We can't do that up. when it's 120 degrees, even in Again, the shade. Again, maybe yeah. naked services or at least well, loincloth. We have a few communities it. like that around here, but no. You know, well, ours. I mean, don't don't dismiss it right away. No, yeah. pray on it. I, Take some will, time with it. I will pray on. It. Okay, done. Praying. We're good. Yeah. I, I question your spirituality. <laughs> Not the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> won't be the last. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if we're going to have an uptick in attendance starting this this next Sunday starts our like our fall season. Uh, I mean, Rhode Island's in a different place in Arizona. Yeah, what's it like in Rhode Island right now? Well, it's a small state. Oh, oh, COVID-wise, I think you just meant in general. <laughs> yeah, just in general. I've been there. I know what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, it's small. It's just blinking. We drove you by it. your church. You wouldn't let me go in because you're on sabbatical, and you're like, "There it is." Yeah, and you just kept going. And I'm like, "No, I want to go in." You're like, "Nope." I'm you're on so sabbatical. Good. You're so because then someone would ask me a question, yeah, and then I'd have to act like I care. And even when we went to the coffee shop, you're like. Okay, we're going to go to this place, but I'm really hoping we don't run into anybody. I'm like, okay. it's kind of sad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's Small state. Um, I get it. Our, I get it. So, yeah, what's the COVID situation? Right on? now, it's it's in a decent place. Our, you know, we're still getting new cases, but a, at a very manageable level. Our hospitals are nowhere close to being overwhelmed. The death rate has gone down a lot. The big worry is next week our kids go back to school. Okay. Um, so on the 14th. And that's and not everyone like my own kids their school district said nope we're just going to do virtual learning so yeah. they won't be but the majority of the school districts they'll be returning and and i think everyone's holding their breath to say what happens so there may be a spike after that and if that happens um the governor's been pretty strict about shutting things down okay if the numbers go up okay and, and i i'd say to her credit I think that's and, good. And so that has caused people, even the naysayers, to go ahead and wear masks and I mean, do the, the physical nays- distancing or no? It, it's fantastic because the naysayers here are still um, pragmatic New England naysayers. Okay. So they'll say, oh, I don't like it. And the governor is just going outside of what's responsible, but I'll just wear the mask so I don't cause trouble. <laughs> like, nice. All right, cool. I like New Englanders. <laughs> yeah. I like New Englanders. I'm from Southern California, so it's uh, we have a governor. What? Yeah, right. I mean, there was one protest when this first started, kind of trying to mimic the other protests of like, open up, open up. But it was like maybe like 10, 15 people. 
Yeah. Uh, and they were and still they all like got distant. COVID, so they're not a problem anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I don't even think, I don't think <laughs> I don't they get, but they were distant from know. each other and they just went to the state house and was like, knock it off, open up. And we're like, knock it off or open up. Which one do you want? Pick one. Yeah. You know, it's so overall we've been doing okay. You know, beach season's just about done. And that was one of our big worries, but yeah. now school's starting. So we'll see our, you know, we are trying, we are, we have parents saying they're going to start coming back to worship soon with their kids. So we're trying to figure out how do we offer Christian ed for the kids. Okay. Um, you know, it's wearing masks. We have a big fellowship area. So we'll it's go stressful there. having to do that, having to figure out how do we do the normal without doing the normal? Yeah. I, one of the questions you have to, I think, ask again is like, what's the underlying purpose of what we do, of why we do what we do? Right. So we don't, it's not just, well, we've always done this. Now, like, why do we have Christian ed? Well, because discipleship is important. So how do we do that in a way mm. that's still safe? Good. Yeah. Now we, now we have better questions to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, wow. it's not fun. No, it's not. So be kind to your pastors, everybody. Yeah, seriously. We're tired. Um, be supportive if you can, if you have something to offer, offer it, but don't expect them to take every suggestion and put it into practice. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and pastors don't get discouraged when you just don't get a lot of response to certain things. And I mean, that's just a general anyways, you know, don't get discouraged. Yeah. And, and, and if I could speak to your people for a moment, Eric, can I, can I speak to your people for a moment? Sure. I'll tell I mean, them that. If, listen, go for it. Yeah. Right. And if you don't like it, you can to always both of you. <laughs> to, to the boats of you. <laughs> I just want to say, you know, how blessed you are to have Eric as your pastor. He's, he really is good. I know I'm making him blush right now. Um, and he's also giving me that he's writing that check that I asked him to write, but, um, to have someone who has a sincere heart, but also just that, that pushing that questioning and wondering, I think is a real gift. Um, Eric, that you don't accept the status quo, I think is really a wonderful thing. And I know it drives some of your parishioners nuts. Um, it drives probably, me nuts too sometimes. Yeah. I was going to say it probably drives way. you nuts too. Like, why can't yeah. I just accept things the way they are? Right. Um, but it's a gift. You'd make a horrible Republican, though. I just want you to know that. Which is odd because I was raised in a Republican family. Very Republican. well. That explains a lot, actually. I'm the I'm the black sheep of the family. I went rogue. You went rogue in a lot of ways. Becoming a pastor <laughs> was going rogue because I didn't go into business, real estate, or whatever. Yeah. Think of all the money you could have if you did. Right. Yeah, you I was this close to becoming a lawyer, going to law you school. You could have. Man, the, the recording studio you would have now would be so nice. Yeah, my family said, so you want to go to law school, huh? And I said, yeah, I think I, I want to go to law school and I want to study, you know, this kind of law. And, and they're just like, you are going to be the poorest lawyer ever. Because <laughs> you're going to want to help everybody. And, oh, yeah, sure. I'll do this pro bono. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, if yeah. we could just get to this place where we stop caring, life would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? You know. I dream of that day when I can stop caring. Yeah. yeah. So Eric, when will you, I, I also want to ask on the podcast before God and everyone else, when are you ready to try another hike with me? You know, <laughs> Eric has I, done two hikes with me. The first one, I almost killed him. The second one, he was wise and dropped out after the first day. Although I still, because that. I still, you know, and that's my problem. That calf not you know, the I don't know what happened. Thing. It was this. It was a pop. I heard it and felt yeah. it, and I still don't know what the hell it was. It was in my calf muscle. Yeah, 
And then the next day it was fine. Well, I told you what happened after you guys left. Right. right. I'm like, maybe I can, you know, I'm just going to go in a few miles. I'm, I'm here. I might as well enjoy the space. I've got four more days worth of food. I'm good. Got totally lost for like four hours. <laughs> lost the trail. Yeah. Thought I was in one place on the topo map. Ended up in a different place. Luckily, I read my compass wrong. And ended up going in the right direction by accident. Found the trail again. <laughs> but I was so excited because, man, those first four miles, I was booking it. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if yeah. at like three or four in the afternoon, I walked show up to the shelter. Hey, guys. It, it would have. <laughs> well, because the guy we ended up sharing the shelter with was so cool anyways. you would He hiked in seven, seven miles with a 25-pound aluminum canoe. Oh, my. Yeah. God bless he, him. He was crazy. And he's like, you guys hike with a gun? I'm like, no. He's like, I always do. Oh, right. So you've got one now. But yeah, but, there's that one part where I just I could not figure out where the trail went. And I yeah. and I finally hiked it back and in the rain the whole way back. It was like just that extra yeah, you know, it salt just in, the wound. in the gut. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting there having dinner in the rain and oh, and finally hitchhiked back. But I you know, that kills me because I was ready. Yeah. And I, I know I, you said that one hill. There's one hill that and I told you when yep. I was looking, going, dude, this hill. I'm, it was I'm at the very end. Yeah. And you're like, no, 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 you can do it. You can do it. And then when you got back and called me and said, dude, that was tough. That was tougher than I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, it was probably good that I wasn't there or else they would still be on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> but now I try to figure maybe, out how to pull me on a makeshift stretcher. Yeah, maybe he could have. So we'll find another. <laughs> but I was actually ready. I was like yeah. pumped. I was, I did decently well that first day. You did. Um, I, I wish, I wish we could I have regret. done a couple more days at least. I regret, but, I regret bowing out, but at the same it, time, it, it was the right decision. At the it moment. probably was. It's so much fun to hike with you. It really is. <laughs> I'm glad that I can bring you that comical relief. Like, God, look how hard he's like heaving. <laughs> That's can so I, much fun to watch. Can I tell you? Um, I actually want to go on another hike. So yeah. So I, I, unfortunately I've gained my COVID 25. Uh, so I surpassed 19 quite a while ago. I'm assuming this is we're we're now outside a podcast world, but, and we can so, probably but, not, but. Okay. So, um, <laughs> last summer, not this summer, but the summer before I took uh, another guy with his first time hiking and everything on that hike. We did two, the first time you and I, when we hiked in the six miles yeah. and, and, and I, and I told him your story <laughs> and he said, well, I don't want to, as long as I'm not like that guy. Oh, geez. Well, halfway to the lean to his legs cramped up and I had to start carrying his pack as well. You need to pick better partners, man. I know, right? He managed to do one mountain again. <laughs> but so here's what he said afterwards. He said, "I have a lot of respect for Eric, although I never told him your name. So, but yeah. you know, I had a lot of respect for Eric because he did it. He did it, <laughs> and I understand how hard that was. Now that like, next that day guy is hurt. amazing. I was stiff the entire <laughs> second day. When you're like, "All right, well, I'm going to go up two more peaks," I'm like, "Oh, you, you do your mountain goat thing." I'm going to sit here and lick my wounds and see if I can bend the, the leg at all. The, the saddest and fun and funniest moment was when it was, I think, 11 o'clock at night, you know, after we'd done the one mountain and you're, you're like, I think I can make it. And then you just fall in the marsh. For folks the listening, marsh. we had to, we bushwhacked through this marsh. I was actually and for doing the most okay. part, it's, Yeah, you were doing fine. And then there are places where it, it just, the mud just opens up. And it just yeah. opened up with Eric and he just went right up to his waist and then he yep. pulls his leg out and then like my sandals still in there. And then poor Eric was lying on his belly in the mud. Pulling, uh, my, reaching to, my arm in as far as I could to grab like, this sandal. And Got I felt it. so 
It's got such it. A, yeah, you did. You I did get it. it. And I offered. I said, I'll get it for you. Like, no, I have to do this. We're <laughs> headlamps, pitch black. Yeah, it yeah. was. And, and at the moment, I felt so bad for you because you were like getting your second wind. But like, we were I can make so it. so hard after that. Yeah. In retrospect, it was a hilarious moment. <laughs> like, we're almost there. I can see the lead to practically. And then boom, right. there goes Eric in the mud. <laughs> and I was like making sure I stepped where you stepped, which, you know, yeah. you're what? Like a quarter of my weight. But probably something like that. <laughs> so you just float on the top of the march and I'm like, me, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a priceless moment. It was- <laughs> I remember going up that hill and. What were we about half? I don't even know where we were. I don't know how how close to the top we were. And right. I, I, I finally sat down. I said, "You go ahead, man. You you go ahead. Just leave me behind." <laughs> and I it was I like said, one okay. of this like you know Hollywood moment. You know, yeah. save yourself. <laughs> and I think my response was, "Well, if you think that's what's best." Yeah, I know. You're like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Yeah, I, I got to get know, that if, other mountain. If I meet you, I'll meet you at the top. I'll figure yeah. it out. Otherwise, and I kind of you could see everything. You could see the whole valley. I could see where the lean to, or you couldn't see the lean to, but you could see kind of where it was. Yeah, in that area. So I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. And I just kept slowly slogging, and then you finally you come bounding back. Hey, <laughs> Eric, and I'm going, hey. <laughs> This is just with a day pack. This is even with our yeah. full pack. And you're like, dude, you're like 20 feet from the top. You, you got to go. And yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. So we get to the top. And you're like, okay, you're to the top where the T is to go to one or the other peak. I'm like, no, you said this was the top. <laughs> but then we got libations at the very top. We did. So, there, yeah, the, I remember the couple that we met half halfway and up at the top. She happened to work for the liquor industry in, in Denver and was like, hey, we got we got drinks. Do you want something? Like, yeah. And I was like, I don't know if that's a, OK. Eric's already drinking. I can't oh, stop him now. Eric, we still have to get down. Couple. They, were, they yeah. were the coolest couple. But yeah, it was going down, actually. I think that's what I because I did, did lose two toenails on that. So I, I like a week later, they finally fell off. Yeah, that's what we call a good hike. But it was uh, I actually want to do it again, which is I don't know why. I don't know. We'll figure it out. There's a trail. What's wrong with me? There's well, I I do. Um, And it's just getting you down to your hiking weight. That's (laughs) I was in the best shape I've been in a long time for that. I was in. So uh, so I went after that. This last trip, I was on sabbatical. But in May, I went to uh, when I was doing my my European tour. In Berlin, I realized by the end of the day, my first day landing in Berlin, I had walked 15 miles without even realizing it. Yeah, see, that's great. Just got to get you back to that. It was fantastic. And, and then there, I went downhill after that. But There's a long trail in Arizona that someday I'd like to hike. Yes, the Arizona, what is it called? The Arizona Trail? The, the Arizona Trail, I think it's called. Yeah. yeah it starts at, down at the border and goes north or south. Yeah. Yeah, the desert parts, I've seen pictures of the desert parts. I don't think I want to go there. <laughs> they look well, pretty bad well i'm and gonna figure out when i can long do it distances between water yeah just you know just carry a little more I'll, I'll i'm gonna do my research my diligence and maybe in the next three to five years i'll be able to do that hike and i like that once you get into the mountains it's really nice that's a yeah. it's actually a good trail and there's depending on what season you're in there's actually water that you can get to so that'd be great so, so hopefully you'll yeah. be able to join me for part of that part of it yeah yeah i'm I not mean, gonna ask the, you to hike the whole thing part of my issue is just sitting here this is what i do 
Yeah. And I, I need to get out and I do, I know I need to get out, but it's been, motivation's been a little tough the last few months to Well, that's part of that challenge of just this time. And that's everyone I think struggles with that pastors, especially if we're, if we're working and working and working and pushing when, when we have some downtime, what do we do but collapse or watch Netflix Netflix. or yeah, (laughs) Yeah. a lot of Netflix. Yeah. So, so anyway, Jonathan, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the brewcast. Um, it's good to see you. It's good to have the conversations with you. Um, and, it's always uh, good to talk to you, Eric, and I'm glad to be on the show. Glad to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Show. Um, and hopefully you'll come back because you have good thoughts. Ah, thanks. Next your, time I come back, I'll bring my even better than good thoughts. Your best thoughts. No, 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 no. No, I expect best. Always. I'll, I'll bring my more than good thoughts. <laughs> more than good thoughts. <laughs> Slightly more than mediocre. Yeah. That's I don't want to shoot too high because then people expect greatness all the time. And that's exhausting. That's right. Aim low and you'll always succeed. Amen for that. <laughs> Trying is the first step to failure. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> Thank you, Homer Simpson. Well, Eric, it's good to be on the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you, man. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the Faith and Coffee Brewcast. Be of good courage and know that you are loved. You can find the Brewcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, and wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe. Send your comments and questions to eric, E-R-I-C, at faithandcoffee.com. Find the Faith and Coffee blog and older episodes of the Brewcast at faithandcoffee.com. Subscribe and receive email updates directly in your inbox. The Faith and Coffee Brewcast is a podcast about Christian faith and life in the everyday. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash faithandcoffee. Be sure to click on that like button. The opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily, nor are they intended to represent the opinions or official positions of any of the organizations with which I, Eric Letterman, am associated. The Faith and Coffee Brewcast is produced by Bad Coffee Productions, LLC in Chandler, Arizona. 